Welcome to the Millennial Career Playbook's company interview series, which focuses on corporate cultures worth knowing about if you're a job-seeking millennial or simply enjoy working in millennial-friendly environments. This series offers you company-specific information you won't find anywhere else, helping you decide if a particular firm is a great fit for you, and also offering you tips on how to most effectively land a job with the company. I'm Debbie Woldrich, CEO of outsource training company TTC Innovations, which specializes in providing corporations with customized millennial-focused training solutions. Hosting this series with me is best-selling author Haya Bender, whose credits include five dummies books and a complete idiot's guide, and articles for the New York Times. Please frequently visit our The Millennial Career Playbook website at tmcpb.com, as we're always adding new interviews and other content. Joining Hi and I today is Leslie Snively, Senior Vice President of Marketing at CHG Healthcare, an organization that rapidly places doctors anywhere in the U.S. they're needed. Leslie, can you explain to our, our audience what CHG Healthcare Services does? CHG Healthcare Service is a healthcare staffing company. We're one of the leading providers of healthcare staffing in the United States. We run a number of businesses, but we are the leader in locum tenens staffing. Locum tenens staffing is about providing physicians to hospitals to help them cover their patient needs. Healthcare, obviously, is a growing marketplace right now, and you know, with a lot of changes in the landscape with Affordable Care Act. There's a number of increases in patient volumes coming into the market. So with that, hospitals, health systems, private clinics, they need to have enough clinical staff to meet the needs of their patients. In, in that pursuit, they need help oftentimes finding people to help them provide care. And in our case, we help them with providing doctors into their facilities. We are a recruiting agency, right? So we bring help bring doctors into their facilities. We help bring nurses into their facilities and other healthcare professionals with the goal to help them serve their patients. You know, at the end of the day, patient care is what our industry does. And what we are proud of at CHG is that we help bring doctors and other clinicians to facilities to help them care for patients. In fact, last year, we were able to bring doctors to facilities and serve over 19 million patients that probably wouldn't have been served without our doctors showing up and coming to these facilities to help with the care. Do you take a local doctor to a facility in that doctor's area or do you also ship doctors like across the country? We do both. The majority of what we do is move people across country. It's called locum tenens staffing. That's what that is. It's bringing a doctor to a facility to take the place of someone who may be leaving for vacation, for maternity care, or just they may not have the right doctors at the right time. So we bring doctors all over the country from the state they live in and help them come into the healthcare delivery system to care for patients. And is the staffing entirely within the U.S. or do you also do any work outside of the U.S.? We are 100% inside of the United States. Our industry does exist globally, but we are the, the leader of our, our industry here in the United States. Could you tell us a little about you and what role you play at the company? My job, I am the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Corporate Sales at CHG Healthcare Services. And so what my, my job is, is to really help us grow our company through 
defining and understanding the brands we support, bringing their marketing into the marketplace, and ultimately helping attract candidates or physicians to work with us and ultimately go to work at facilities. So my job is wonderful. I love my job, but I, mostly because I love our company and I love the difference that we make in healthcare. But what I do is the marketing and corporate sales function. In what ways is your company especially attractive to millennials? I mean, I think there are lots of ways, but maybe I'll focus on a few at CHG Healthcare, we focus a lot on making a difference. As you know, most people coming into the workforce, millennials in particular, are looking for a lot more than just the job. And so at CHG, we pride ourselves in, in doing what we do every day in a way that makes a difference in our communities. And that may be in healthcare communities. As I mentioned, we bring doctors to healthcare to communities nationwide to help provide health care. We also do a lot at our company to do things within our local communities. We happen to be headquartered in Salt Lake City, but we have offices um, across the country. And in those communities where we are, we are very large supporters of things like the United Way organization and, and other community causes within the places we live and work. So we just, as a company, we put a lot of pride in building a company that cares about making a difference, as I mentioned, whether it be in healthcare or the communities where we have offices. And I think that's a really important distinctive trait about our company, you know, relative to other places that millennials may be interested in going to work. You know, the other thing, you may or may not know this, but we happen to be on Fortune Magazine's Best Places to Work list. We've been on that list for six years running, currently ranked number 16. And so we have also spent a lot of time not just, you know, working to set up a company that makes a difference in our communities, but also making what's inside our walls a great place to work through building a culture of people-centric culture. Leslie, can you just share some of the ways that uh, you do build those communities inside of your company culture? It starts with the belief that people are at the center of what we do, right? So we have a core value of putting people first, and it's we mean it, we live it, it's a part of what we do every day. And some of the ways we do that is, you know, we take work-life balance super seriously. So we want you to come in and work hard while you're here. But if you're in our offices, you know, after 5.30 or 6, it's a ghost town. I mean, we really work to ensure that people can get out of work and be home or wherever they would like to be in their free time. So that kind of, I would say, not policy, but really practice in our company is a really important part of building a right place to work. Another one that we have done is we care a ton about our employees as a whole person. So we offer free on-site health care to employees and their families. You know, we believe in wellness and wellness not just that in your, your physical health, but in your mental health and, and financial well-being. And so we try to do a lot to give people programs like a healthcare clinic. We have a, a, a wellness pays program as an example, where it's really about becoming healthy emotionally and physically so that you can ultimately be you know, a better person and a better worker. So we've done a number of programs in that, including that on-site healthcare clinic, you know, but also things like lunch and learns that we'll have in our building about financial well-being, 401k, things that help you build for your future. You provide travel services for families for things like vacation. Yeah, isn't that interesting? You know, as a company who we travel healthcare professionals 
all over the United States, as I mentioned, we have an internal travel agency to support our business. Well, one of the interesting benefits, I think it's about a year and a half ago, that we started on was, well, hey, why don't we offer employees access to that internal travel agency? They're able to provide great service, you know, great discounts to our employees to help them on their travel plans. So that is something that any employee can do. They call our internal travel agency and they can get that, that guidance, that help from our agency planning their family vacation or whatever they want to, right? So that's an interesting um, and different thing that we do. Another one is volunteer time off. That is a, I find that to be incredibly engaging as a person. I'm a mom of two little kids and I'm able to take, every employee is allowed to have a volunteer time off day to go and volunteer in the community. And it doesn't have to be at some sanctioned organization. It's just a volunteer in a place that the employee is interested in volunteering. And so for me, I go to my kids' school and I help them do a cleanup day every year and, and it's something that the employee, um, as an employee, I get to take have access to, but I also feel, you know, just so good that I get to be a part of my community and my, kid, my kids' life. Does your company have any programs in place to support an open door policy where if someone has an idea maybe to do something different? I would say there's a lot of different things we do to try to have that open door policy. And I would say there, the, the starting thing I would say about CHG is that there's really no kind of barrier to walking into anyone's office from our CEO's office to our group presidents to the heads of our functional teams. We actually have introduced it in a way that there's really not even any physical barriers. So I'm you're sitting in my office today we don't have a ton of offices. In my office, it's 100% glass walls. I actually had to put a sign up on my door to say, don't disturb, I'm on a phone, phone interview, because people just come in, right? The culture is physically built to try to encourage openness. Many of our leaders, our managers and directors in the companies sit right next to their teams in open cubicles to create that proximity and access to the the leadership who can who can help make change happen. So, kind of that's the, the starting point. And you know, in addition to that, we have a number of like, like programs created to help make that more real. Some examples of that would be regular one-on-ones scheduled between both employees and their leader, but also at a skip level. So, I on my team, as one example, have about 65 people. I try to meet with every one of those people over the course of some window of time, usually every three to six months. It gives me the ability to listen and learn to ideas that are being formed to help the person work through whatever they, they need help working through or just to talk and get to know the individual, right? That practice of that one-on-one -on -one is something that is a company-wide practice and it's not just intended for an employee directly to their leader. It's intended to be used as a tool to increase openness and transparency at all levels in the company. I was talking to my, my boss, our CEO, today at lunch, and he mentioned that one of my employees had a meeting with him today to talk about an upcoming mission trip that the employee is going on, and, and my employee just wanted to pick the brain of our CEO, right? So that that's just an example of you know, that kind of that one-to-one -one meeting is a it's a really big thing that we do as a company to help each other. Another maybe you know, equally you know, important but but different is new employees oftentimes have some of the best ideas for change or innovation because their eyes are new, right? One of our sales divisions has done a really formal process that at six months into a new employee's job 
they are setting up an interview with one of the executives in that employee and it's really a, for the executive to ask the employee, what ideas do you have to make our business better or make this a better place to work? And that it happens routinely on every new hire within that very large division of our company. And it really provides great context for ideas to flow up from a very important group of employees, our new employees who can see things that maybe we can't see. That's amazing that you do that. That's such a smart, innovative thing. Wow, that's, uh, that's wonderful. The goal of all that is we truly believe in what makes us good, what makes us able to make a difference in the communities and healthcare that we, what we do as a business is having great people who enjoy and can you know, be in an environment that brings out the best in them. So much of what I kind of talked about there I can get pretty passionate about is because we have that fundamental belief. Do you have anything in place in terms of mentorship programs or anything else that involves on-the-job learning and on-the-job training? And this has been one of the places I feel like we've done a ton of you know, just improvement on over time. Applied to be in a mentoring program and then you were matched with an individual in the company that kind of met your development need, right? And they were the feedback was so strong about that program that it was almost like we just couldn't get enough of it. So over the last few years, we have expanded that program to include kind of all levels of the organization. So a specific, you know, one of our sales divisions uh, that happens to be down in South Florida, Weatherby Healthcare, they have a program where new hires come in and they're given almost a direct mentor from someone on the ground in their team who's doing a very similar role to what they're, the new hire is doing. And that mentor is about helping them through that first six months of employment. So what happened, because we had had such success, is we started to see the expansion of these programs happening kind of everywhere. And so now, I mean, if you look across the company, I would say there's a good seven to 10 different kind of mentoring program approaches. And it depends a lot on what sales division or what business division you are in and, and what the needs are of that team. So it's been one of the most expanding, I would say, programs that we've had just because people who have had those mentorship relationships, they succeed and play back to us how important the mentorship was in their success. So it's something we are focused on, just like letting expand organically. There's still the formal program, it's called Partners in Performance, that was the original mentoring program. But then there are a number of these smaller kind of startup programs that, that, that just kind of, they, they spin off of people's genuine individual interests. So that's one way we've done development via mentoring. You know, your question, though, it could even be broader than mentoring. It's just a very, very strong training company. It's, it's not surprising because it's part of what makes us be a great place to work. In fact, we have won an award to be one of the world's top training programs. Training Magazine ranks the top 125 training organizations, and we happen to be number four in the world on that list. Wow. We've ton of pride in that. So mentoring is one portion of that, but just as important are some classroom training programs that we've put in place. There's a foundational training program. So just one example, every new employee in their first week of employment goes through our foundational training program. That training program is intention to introduce the employees to our business, our culture, 
and really teach the new employee what's important about working for CHG, our ability to make a difference in healthcare, how we do that, and ultimately our core values and how important they are in shaping how we act as employees. So that's just one example. There are a ton of other training programs. I'm wondering if there are any anecdotes you have in terms of the impact that your company makes related to your safe lives. I'm just wondering if you had any stories. Oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you it's interesting. It's a great question and funny that you asked because I think when you are in this building and, you know, we are a sales organization trying to help physicians and hospitals or come together and sometimes you can be in your walls and you need the inspiration of that healthcare impact. So we tend to tell a lot of those stories to each other about what's happening because at the end of the day, that is why we're here, right? And so a specific example, uh, we had a physician, he worked with our Weatherby Healthcare Company, which is one of the parts of CHG, and he happens to pride himself in really serving underserved areas as a physician. So he works with Weatherby and has done a fair amount of work in the prison system, helping inmates or people who just don't get the care that they, they may deserve, get the care that they deserve. And so his name is Dr. John Gray. He is someone we were, have worked with for a long time. He was working in the facility and one of the inmates came in with a bit of a headache is what it was. And at the end of the day, he diagnosed, I think it was a brain aneurysm or something that said, hey, if, if he wouldn't have been there and that gentleman's headache would have gone untreated, that person would not have survived because he was able to get the um, patient taken to a world-class facility in a city in Ohio and enabled that person to get the care that they needed. You know, that's something that happens every day in our business, that we work to get the clinicians who are the true healthcare heroes, right? So we are the connectors, they are the heroes, connected with patients. And ultimately, those patients' lives are saved. And it can inspire you if you think about one of the questions you asked earlier about millennials and, and coming to work. It's not just millennials, but in particular for, for that generation, it, that's an inspiring story that would not have happened but for the team of healthcare recruiters at Weatherby Healthcare that made that connection of Dr. John Gray to that assignment in the prison system in Ohio. And that's one of many that live within our, our company and a bit of folklore, right, that we hear about. I was wondering if you maybe had a second story, since that is such a critical, kind of at the heart of what your company ultimately does. Yeah, maybe I'll provide one that's a little unique and different. One of our companies, Comp Health, is the leading provider of locum tenant staffing. Lo Comp Health has been, you know, they founded this industry of locum tenants and, and sending physicians cross-country, traveling doctors into neat places of need. And the, really the origin of the industry came out of sending um, doctors into rural and underserved populations. So one of the things as a part of our mission that we really want to do is continue our focus on taking caregivers into underserved areas. So Comp Health, our brand, partnered with the American Academy of Family Practitioners, the AAFP, and sponsored a medical mission trip to Haiti to provide physicians to 
you know, what is an earthquake ravaged Haiti, right, where they needed care and didn't have it. So that's something we are very, very proud of. We were able to provide a scholarship for a resident in family practice who could go along with the balance of the medical mission down to provide care. Additionally, we sent one of our executives with that trip, and she was able to do, of course, not medical service, but other service in Haiti. And this is something we chose to do because we care about bringing medical care to people. There's a marvelous video that we have put on CHG Healthcare. I'd love for you to check it out. It talks about this. And it just pulls at your heartstrings because what you see is how much need there is. And we find it a part of our commitment to make a difference places that need it, right? And, and Comp Health happened to do it in Haiti via sponsoring a scholarship for a family practice physician. I appreciate you sharing that because it's helpful to put some flesh and blood on the company that way so you really have an understanding of what service is being provided, that there's something extra special that your company does. You mentioned upfront work-life balance. I'm wondering if there's anything else you might say about that. We believe, and I, I say we in the broadest sense as the, the team here at CHG, that there's a bit of a, you know, it's all life, right? Work-life balance is an important way to talk about it because we have the hours we come to work and then the hours we're not at work. But we do uh, philosophically believe in the whole person, and it's about life balance a lot more than maybe work-life balance, right? And so, you know, there are a number of things that we try to do. There's not a programmatic approach to work-life balance here. So it's not like I can say here's a program to drive work-life balance. But, but what, what I would say we do mostly is, is the leaders at the company are... Our job is to serve our people, okay? We believe in servant leadership. You know, so an example for me is I would, I personally walk out the door at 5.30 to go home to my children and be with my family and that's my kind of my work life. And that's a model that I set and other leaders like me or anybody sets for each other at this company. So that kind of accountability to each other to help us realize the life balance we need is I would say one of the biggest parts of what makes that you know, active concept at within our company, right? One other thing, and I, I cannot underscore this, is, you know, email is something in a world of cell phones and iPads, and we're all always connected, right? One of the things that I personally have um, prioritized, and I, I know my peers have here at CHG, is as a leader, if you are sending email after hours, your employees may believe, and even if you don't intend it to be that way, that they have to respond or act to whatever you're asking. You know, we work really hard not to, to role model as leaders. That's not what's expected here. And, you know, I, I've personally worked hard to try to train people. Oftentimes, if you come in from another company, it's a very normal thing to have email going around from 8 to 10 p.m. And... I personally have experienced that other places, and it's not a very empowering thing as an employee to be ask a question that may stress you out at 8.30 at night, right? That doesn't help with work-life balance. So we have a lot of commitment from people at all levels of the organization. You know, that, that does happen, but only when it's an absolutely critical situation, when it has something to do with a physician or a healthcare facility that has to be resolved. 
not when it's you know just a question that I may be asking as a leader over email, right? Or it's just one example. There are there are many, but the other thing outside of that's inside of work is we have created you know, another example. We have created what's called the our employee network groups. So this really sprung out of an idea. I think it was either out of an employee survey or just some conversations employees were having with us that they had a large interest in connecting with other people in our company that had similar interests to them, whether that be a running club or their soccer team here, right? a soccer club where people enjoyed celebrating the Real Salt Lake, our soccer club. So it, it didn't matter the topic, right? but people wanted to get to know and get connected to other people that had their interests. So as a company, we came up with a concept called employee network groups. And all it is is uh, exactly what it sounds. It's a group of employees getting together to network about a topic of interest. And the company provides a little bit of financial support to each of these groups. And it provides a way inside of the workday for connection to our fellow employee, right? And you know, work-life balance is about time and hours, but it's also about when you're in your setting enjoying that time you're spending there. And we believe this employee network groups is just a way to do that. Is there anything else that you think is worth mentioning regarding your company being a millennial-friendly company, things that millennials would especially appreciate your company doing? I think, you know, the only additional thing, and we talked a little bit about it regarding developing our people, whether it be through training or mentoring. But one thing to note is life skills training, whether it be crucial conversations or emotional wellness, our training programs are about the job and they're about leadership, but they're also about being a, a, per, a well-rounded person. And all of that together leads to great development of our people. More than 80% of our people promote from within internal to our company into six, you know, higher level positions. And so the training and the mentoring and the life skills training, whatever it may be that gets us there, what I, I would think would be attractive to a millennial is it yields results. So, you know, as people want to grow and develop in their career and become of higher level positions, we are showing that in our results. And I think that would be an important thing for any millennial, I would think, as they would come into a, a job. Do you have a sense of what percentage of a company is millennials and also what your retention rate is? I can tell you our overall com company retention rate. So in our industry of staffing, the retention rates are pretty dis dismal. Typically, staffing agencies only retain about 50% of their employees in any one year, which is really unfortunate. So our retention rate is under, we, we only turn over about 20% of our employees or less each year. So we are significantly better at retaining talent than our than our industry. On the millennial front, it is our largest demographic of employees do right now lies in that 25 to 35 age range, which is kind of squarely in the millennial. And as we recruit, right, to attract talent, you know, that is the that is the target demographic of who has succeeded here most and we want to continue to pull in talent within that demographic. Talking about recruitment, what are some tips that you can offer millennials who are seeking to prepare themselves to apply for a position within your company? One of the biggest tips I would tell folks applying is to just be friendly and be open. As we interview, we spend a lot of time trying to assess if the person would be a good culture fit for our organization. But we just as much as 
we want that. We want for the individual to assess if our organization is a good fit for, for them. So being open and friendly and honest about what you want in a job and what you're looking for, it really helps us to make that best match and hopefully helps the candidate assess if we're the right place for them. Sometimes I find candidates may come in, they may sell too much. They may be sitting in a place where I'm selling my strengths as a candidate. Now, I'm not going to tell you not to do that when you would interview or apply, but there's an appropriate balance that needs to be found between selling and also asking questions to learn in, in the interview. And that's a lot about being open and friendly in the dialogue. So to me, that's probably my, my leading tip for anyone. From there, I think this is important almost anywhere, but tell your story of who you are. Like I mentioned earlier, we really respect the whole person being at work. So if, as someone interviews or they apply, it's so important to be able to clearly articulate your individual story, how your experience, whether it's work or life experience, make you a good fit for our company or the position in our company that you're interviewing for. So sometimes candidates will almost hold to be asked a question and answer it. That's good too, but at, at some point you need to get into who you are so that we can work effectively to find the right match for, for, the, for the candidate. If someone is at the stage where they're still forming their story, let's say they're a sophomore at college, and they're thinking, what can I do starting now so that I will be in a good position when I graduate to tell a good story at, at an interview? What kind of stories are you looking for? What sorts of things would you suggest folks in college, or even someone who's at a different company and may be looking to switch over to your company? What kinds of things make people stand out for you? So let me maybe start with someone in like a college role. So one of the parts of forming your story, which is a lot about your experience, is trying things, <laughs> whether the things are activities in school, whether the things are part-time jobs, whether they are creative ventures, writing or being a part of something, a bit of the arts instead of a work environment. Those things you try help you as a person recognize what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, right? what you're not good at. And in a forming, if you're in the mode, which many people in, in college or even soon after college would be of forming that story, you're a lot in trial mode. And so I, I, the advice I, I speak at a fair amount of colleges, the advice I always give people is if you don't try things, you're not going to learn. And learning is why you're in school. And it's not just learning, though. It's stepping back and assessing what was good about it for you as a person. The more you understand yourself, the more you bring your story into an interview or a potential job situation. Because you've thought about it, and you know what you're good at, you know what you like, and you, know, you may know what you want to learn. And, and those three questions come out, apparently, in an interview, in, in my experience. Second part, your question was, if you're at another company, by the nature of being at a company, you've been doing that same thing. You've been working hard and trying things professionally and trying to identify your strengths and, your, and where you have opportunities. So a self-aware person, especially coming from another company, would tell their story in terms of that being clear what they're great at, but also being clear what they want to learn and why they believe a company like CHG Healthcare could help them to learn 
and that they could deliver to, right? And so I, it may all come back to trial and self-awareness at the end of the day, but I think by doing those things, you begin to shape your story in a way that helps us understand if it's right for working at CHG. Do you have any sense of how many job applications you get a year and how many people you're able to hire out of that pool? Yeah, I'm going to get this very close to right, so this isn't exactly right, but we get about 17,000 applicants a year, if you can believe. And then we we end up hiring between five and 600 a year. So if I do my math right, which sometimes as a marketer I, I may not always do, it's under a 3% applicant to hire ratio. And it may make it even harder to get in here than somewhere like a Harvard or something, although I would not let, let that dissuade anyone from tr from trying because at the end of the day, the applicants we get, we have functions from sales to administrative to marketing to IT to finance, business intelligence. There's so many different functions in a company our size that you can pretty quickly say, you know, 17,000 sounds like a lot. Well, there's lots of people for lots of different types of roles. So I always don't tell people, don't let that scare you because if you've got a good story and you're the right culture fit, come and apply and try. What would be some key characteristics of a perspective that um, you would say, boy, you really fit the picture here for our company? It depends probably a little bit on the role you'd be applying for. So the majority of our company are, um, a majority as in like just you know, probably 55% are sales employees. So maybe I'll talk a bit about that. There are some characteristics that apply no matter your role, but there's a unique profile, I would say, to a sales candidate. So characteristics that apply to everyone, someone who is wants to be in a people-centered company with a bit of a family team feel, right? So we some people are, I'll call them lone wolf individual contributors. In general, that doesn't work as well at a company like CHG. We are a collaborative team-based environment. So, you know, that would matter, that would be no matter what your function, right? Specifically on the sales side, we are looking for someone who is accountable, right? Who personally accountable, they want success. They are solutions focused, probably another one. Every single day in sales and service, there's a problem that's going to happen. We're, let's make it up. We're flying a physician from California to Florida for an assignment that starts the next day and there's a storm in Florida. So we have people who need to solve problems for a living. The physician calls in and says, I can't get to my assignment. So our employees, they're willing to listen, be humble when we've made a mistake, and solve the problem at hand to ultimately kind of plan for that better outcome. So in sales particularly, that type of customer service focus is you know, absolutely pivotal to being good at what we do. And maybe a, a third and equally important is doing what you're going to what you say you're going to do. So if I say I'm going to do something to my team, if a salesperson says they're going to do something for their physician or for their hospital, we follow through. And so that kind of deliberate interviewing or screening for those skills of follow through, deliverability, customer service, accountability, friendliness and team culture are all really important as we screen candidates. And then once they've actually been hired, what can millennials do to ensure that they have a very successful long career at CHG? The number one most important thing to be successful at CHG is to focus on relationships. You know, we are a relationship company 
from the, what we do on the inside of our company as well as what we do with physicians and hospitals across the country. So prioritizing the relationship up front in your onboarding with the company, and that means as simple as getting to know your coworkers, learning about your leaders as the people they are as well as the leaders they are as you would get on the phone and talk to a physician, learning about that physician, what makes them tick, what are they looking for in their career, how can we help them, what questions or concerns they have. That formation of the relationship, no matter what role you would come into in this company, is to me the thing that makes you most successful. It's interesting because when oftentimes if, when I've hired folk, they come in with a you know, appropriate focus on delivering the business results. That's a, that's a really important thing we hire for. And I have to often say, I want you to do that too. But for right now, focus on building relationships, taking time to ask questions and learn, being humble about what you know and don't know. If you can put that learning and the relationships together, then you'll be successful as a salesperson or as a marketer or as an IT professional. And though that combination of relationship focus and kind of taking time to learn and be humble, to me, is ultimately what will make someone long-term successful at this company. Without that, oftentimes business can get in front of our culture. And that's not going to work for us. We, we call it we're stewards of this great company and culture that we've created. And if someone, you know, everyone's going to potentially make mistakes and do things that they, where they would mess up or whatever they say. But at the end of the day, if we're true to the culture and be good to each other as people, operating with integrity, focusing on being high quality in our work, putting our coworkers and our, our physicians and clients first, it will work out. It may not be exactly like you thought it was going to be but the, the situation will work out. And we have such a belief in that that I think that sometimes is a mind shift for people. If they come in and say, I'm going to come in and deliver, and we're, we have them come in and build relationships, come in and learn, come in and be humble, you know, come in and truly get to know your coworkers or your physicians or your clients. That will make folks most successful. And do you have any other tips for millennials who are interested in a career at CHG? One of the most important things is to figure out in a way that works for each millennial, each person, what is important to them. What are their core values and how they can fit into a company like CHG? The better that match, the more easy work seems and, and, and thus the better balance you have in your life and better delivery you have, right? So sometimes I, I found as I'm anyone coming out of college, particularly even young in their career, they're still trying to figure that out, which I totally appreciate as I remember it myself. But, you know, focusing on it, really trying to figure that out will be um, one of the best things. And then seeing that match in CHG, right, and would make them most successful here. The largest segment of a company's sales, are there any special characteristics that you're looking for, particularly for the sales division? Yeah, I think although it is true in any part of our company, I think it's, in, it's, it's very, very true in the sales roles, is a salesperson that has personal accountability. You know, these are inside sales roles. They're phone roles, recruiting and, and spending time on the phone with physicians and, and hospitals. And so at the end of the day, personal accountability will help someone succeed. And so I think that's true in any 
function. But particularly in sales, when you are going to get a no, you are going to have a, a call that never gets through to someone or it's voicemail. or And so I, I think you have to, the ability to kind of pull yourself through those challenges and continue to progress your work as a salesperson, that personal accountability to kind of jump out of the challenge and keep pursuing, keep moving forward and, and holding yourself accountable to that is a really important skill. Awesome. Thank you so much. We deeply appreciate your sharing your wonderful knowledge and your wonderful personality. I mean, you really personify everything you've been talking about in terms of the best of your company. So tremendous pleasure for us to have the opportunity to spend this time with you and learn about your company. Absolutely. What an amazing company. And we really do appreciate you just sharing your time with us today and helping us to get a little bit of insights into the company. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. We're very proud of what we do. And I hope that some of your listeners may want to come do it with us someday. <laughs> well, thanks, Debbie. And hi, it's nice to meet you on the phone. Hi, and I thank you for listening to this interview. Please frequently visit our The Millennial Career Playbook website at tmcpb.com as we're always adding new interviews and other content designed to help you find a job or enhance your career.